0: <laughs> right, friends, um, welcome to our issues affecting the church today, Bible study. Uh, within this Bible study, we address issues that affect the church, various uh, things that uh, are a threat to the church of Christ. Of course, this does not mean that the, the church of Christ uh, will burn down and cease to exist because Christ said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. But as a Christian, we ought to be concerned. As Christians, we ought to be concerned about what the church is doing out there and within and how we can best align ourselves to the Bible. And so uh, during these issues affecting the church uh, today, Bible study, uh, we are um, going through a series called Worship or Entertainment. Uh, I, t- about two weeks ago, I I, I went through an overview uh, addressing uh, what worship is, what true worship looks like, and what entertainment is. Entertainment is what uh, is really seen out there, uh, and we pray we don't fall into. Into into the trap of wanting to be entertaining in our worship. But I think that the Bible has many things to say about the way we worship God. So today we'll look at the right songs to sing in corporate worship. And <coughs> this title <coughs> may be interpreted as arrogance. Arrogance. As even impossible, as not in touch with reality and context. Because you know who says there's a right song to sing in church, and there's a wrong and there's a wrong song to sing in church anyway. But I want to stand forth and say that the Bible actually states what songs should be sung in corporate worship and the question to you will probably be what actually constitutes a song of praise or worship or of the triune god what constitutes a song of praise a song of worship so i'll say here's a litmus test a litmus test number one is it true of god Number two, does it exalt God and humble man? Number three, does it represent the teaching of scripture? And number four, how different is it from what we hear and see from the media in the world? This is a litmus test of whether a song is biblical. And our launching pad, friends, will will be taken from Paul's letter to the Colossians. In fact, there is a, a sort of a text that mirrors this in Ephesians five, but um, for today I was convinced of using Colossians three sixteen, which says the following: Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. This is in the New Testament. It's, it's being written to a church or churches in an area, and so. It is really uh, instruction uh, to the people of God in how they are to conduct themselves, not only in their daily lives but also in corporate worship. Let the word, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Listen to this: singing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Now, firstly, we see that the foundation for any form of worship is the word of Christ dwelling in you richly. The word of Christ, which is the word of God, encompasses all that Christ is. His person and word. The the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, is actually the word of Christ. What we call the word of God is actually the word of Christ because as we discovered in our uh, previous series, the Bible points to Christ. The Bible is about Christ. The Bible is (coughs) Christ-centered. So friends, this is in contrast really to what the world uh, thinks of when they think of worship. They they, they don't really think of Christ. They don't behold Christ. They don't behold the substance of scripture. They are devoid of the spirit of God. And yet, and even in their worship they respond in singing about what they are full of but you when you're filled with christ and filled with the word of christ dwelling in you richly you will teach and admonish one another in truthfulness in the trusted word of christ but not only that you what sing hymns and spiritual songs and psalms with thankfulness and gratitude to God that is the christian life it makes up the christian this makes up the christian life the christian ought to be someone who's praising and worshiping they they are meant to be admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and teaching one another but for them to be able to do that, they should be filled with the word of Christ, the word of God. Have you ever read the word of God and just wanted to see? This is what the word of God does. You, you read the word of God. The spirit of God co- uh, confronts you convicts you of sin you repent in sackcloth and ash or you or you you give praise to God for for uh for for for, for preserving you and then you just want to sing it's a it's, it's it's a response to who God is either in you you respond spontaneously or you respond uh you know not really as as, as quick as quickly but full of thoughts, full of humility, full of reflection, and then you sing to God. Now, I want us to break down what Paul is talking about here when he says Psalms, <coughs> uh, hymns, and spiritual songs. Number one, we'll look at Psalms. Psalms are the hymn book of the Bible. They have been neglect- neglected by the modern church in exchange for repetitive chorus choruses which center on uh, 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 on certain themes and these can be chanted or sung for hours upon hours but i found this definition of the psalms helpful psalms are poems and poems intended to be sung. So when you read the Psalter, which is the, you know, this, the Psalms are divided into sort of books, you know, there's, you know, there's this section, there's this section, there's this section. And so when you read the Psalter, the whole this, the book of Psalms, you see that it has various characteristics and themes. There are Psalms of lamentation, which is crying out. To God, why have you forsaken me? How long, O Lord? That's a psalm of lamentation. Why are you cast down, O my soul? There's psalms of praise, Psalm 115, verse 1 to 5 is an example. It's a psalm of praise and adoration. It says, I praise the Lord and I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the council of the upright and in the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord, they are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, he provides food for those who reverently fear him he remembers his covenant forever they are devotional psalms where you where you uh, devote yourself you give yourself to god the psalmist you can clearly tell that this was one who was seeking after the very presence of god there's also christological psalms which really point to christ in the psalms and they're psalms of desperation etc etc but what i want what i want us to hold on to is that the overarching truth is that psalms are in the bible they are true of god and are worthy to be sung but you have people who say they are outdated. We cannot sing them. In fact, what they think about psalms, mm-hmm. when you say we want to sing psalms as a church, <coughs> they, they think that you want to sing in a boring melody that mirrors the 14th and the 13th century. So when someone thinks of a psalm, they go, maybe you just want to go, oh. oh, oh. And they're like, no, 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 we don't want to, you know, we don't, we don't even want to sing those. <laughs> and that is why the modern church has moved away from psalm singing. And I would say, friends, that is appalling, because what we are missing out is the riches of pure devotional with <laughs> the Holy God through the lands of, of the psalmists, through the lands of Asaph, the sons of Korah, David, etc., etc., all these psalmists who, who communed with God and, and, and sung back to him or, or wrote back to him. We, we miss out on this richness of the scriptures. Little wonder we don't know how to pray, we don't sing the songs. Little wonder we fall into manifold temptations because we don't sing the songs, And little wonder the church is very shallow nowadays. The church in Africa has been described as a mile wide and an inch deep. Because we have failed to go back to the word of God. We have failed to to sing psalms. We have failed to go back and say, Friends, let us have some psalms that we sing. Even if we may not craft a tune. Let's recite them. (sighs) Reasons why people... Don't sing psalms; they are dated, they're old and boring. You can't dance with them, so you can't dance to them. That is the African way of teaching. You know, you go to these <coughs> theological colleges and tea uh, and, and churches. You hear, Africa." We're in Africa, brother. Musa to want to jive. You know, and then. People say they are not contextual. They they people say psalms are not contextual to <laughs> our <laughs> situation, and therefore then they are irrelevant. And so if I if you say to me that the word of God is irrelevant, then friend, you are lost. <laughs> you don't know your left from your right. <clears throat> Secondly, I want us to look at hymns. What is a hymn? Technically, a hymn is a stanzaic, metrical poem meant to be sung, right? Jesus himself sang a hymn. He sang a hymn together with his disciples in the Last Supper. Mark 14, verse 26. We are not told the words. We are not even told the tune. We are told that Jesus sang a hymn. How many churches sing hymns? Why have you abandoned the practice of the church? <laughs> if you say you're a Christian church, why have you abandoned the practice of the church? And you see that the early church sang hymns as part of their regular gatherings. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26. Corporate corporate gathering says each one is a hymn each one is a song each one is a revelation etc etc paul when addressing the issues in corinth mentions that the the people in corinth were boasting about their gifts they were also there was also haphazard worship that everyone had something each one is a hymn Each one is a revelation. Each one is a prophecy. But you see, hymns were part of the local church, the the, the first church, the early church. Paul and Silas with their feet, with their feet in stocks in, in, in a Philippian jail, were praying and singing hymns to God. Now, I want to say. The following, the distinguishing factor between or, or which separates hymns from other songs in corporate worship is that they have their focus on God. That's one. They humble man to are theologically rich. They teach you the Bible and you are singing God's word back to him. Some hymns maybe might have a small portion of scripture uh, explicitly put on there. However, the, the rest of the hymn has scriptural uh backing, but in the words of the hymn writer. So they they, they sort of they they may. Maybe, for example, uh, you know, write about the cleft of the rock uh, where Moses uh, was told to hide in the cleft of the rock or even uh, what's his name? Samson was told, uh, Samson went to hide in the cleft of the rock and was seen, you know, uh, hiding in the cleft of the rock. There is already, there's a biblical focus. So when we say, you know, I'm hiding in the I'm hiding in thee, thou blessed rock of ages, I'm hiding in thee. Just like the saints of old who hid in God. Are you hidden in God? Imagine that as this is what is uh, rich theology and the contrasting, uh, you know, the other side of the coin that we see today, the other extreme is uyo, uyo, uyo. People are pointing, people are dancing, kwasa, kwasa. And you say, so what does this have to do with God? Are we What are we worshipping? Self? Oh God, where do we see what is being done today in the Bible? <clears throat> so some old Hymn writers, Martin Luther, he was a hymn writer, Isaac Watts, Charles Wesley, he was a minion, Fanny J. Crosby, in fact, uh, Charles Wesley was one of the most brilliant hymn writers, and he was a minion, let's say something, it actually says that the Armenians back in in those days were actually brilliant. If you read his hymns, if you read what he's saying, you're like, wow, this is brilliant. If you If no one told you that Charles Wesley, who lived, I think in the time of George Whitfield, the Wesley brothers lived in the time of George Whitfield and George Whitfield said of them that they will be closer to the throne of grace than him. <laughs> they, they, their lives were so, were, were so set apart, that they'll be closer to the throne of grace than him. These are the people who wrote some of the hymns that we sing today. And then, of course, d- these days we've got the likes of uh, Christy Getty, who are the modern-day hymn writers. Um, you know, you've got uh, maybe an Light, um um yeah, Stuart Townend. I'm trying to think of that group, um, Sovereign Grace, which is... Uh, uh, I don't want to strom in them, but they're they're dispensational. But you can see it in the lyrics and all. But <laughs> you can see it in the lyrics and what they sing. about. But it, it's biblical. They they, they they strive to be biblical. Um, And you've got the, even the more, the, yeah, I would say the Matt Redman's uh, sing quite good. You know Matt Redman sings quite good songs. You've got Chris Tomlin before. He started partnering uh, with Heretics. Uh, you know, you would sing very good songs and hymns that, you know, were sung in churches, all these guys. And, you know, it's so sad that in Africa, we don't have popular hymn composers. We don't. We do. Maybe they're there in small pockets, you know, hiding. Maybe they're not as exposed as in America. But, they're not there. Which further amplifies that we are a mile wide. But an inch deep. Because where are the hymn composers? Where? Let's move on. When you compare... These guys that I've just mentioned, to the likes of Bethel, Jesus Culture, Song, <coughs> You see that the songs that are sung by Hillsong are overly emotional. And of course, we can we can lament before a holy God. However, our lamentations should be rooted in truth and not falsehood. Those people, are, their lamentations are rooted in falsehoods because their theology is false. What they believe in, if you go to their churches some of the most damning heresies around, some of the most abominable practices, try, like trying to raise the daughter of a pastor to life after after death. And then you say, this is whom we want to follow. This is whom we will sing. And so, and so friends, I would even go as far as to say that we should sing songs of those whom we know are faithful in corporate worship. This will obviously take hard work of research, but, may we research uh, and really uh, and really find out who are these people that we are singing their songs and then lastly we've got so Psalms hymns spiritual songs a spiritual song can be any song with a spiritual theme including songs of testimony and admonition So for example, you can tell the difference between a song that is sung to God and a song that is sung unto man. You can tell the difference between what is uh, for Jah Prazer and what is for God. That is what a spiritual song. So it's more spontaneous. It's like, let's say maybe you're having an event and people uh, are excited at what has happened. People have been married right? We respond with spontaneous clapping and sing a song of, 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 of praise which can be said or is a spiritual song and that song is rich in theology but it's not really, not, it doesn't have many stanzas. So for example let's say maybe you are singing, you are at a, maybe at a Rora event and you want to sing a song, uh, a spiritual song you can sing about, you know, um, he has brought us thus far by his grace. Oh, blessed, oh, blessed be God! All right, you can even sing, How Great Thou Art, etc. etc. But you probably won't sing the most complicated hymn with all the stanzas, and you know, you don't even know what the words are. It's like if you remember at um, at, at Tapua's wedding we didn't have the songs of uh um oh, sorry, we didn't have the lyrics of um my hope is, is was it my hope diloshami okay. okay that song is, uh, is is a hymn all right and so we could not sing it because we didn't have what the the words but if someone had chosen another one you know that people can clap to and they remember that That is one which is a spiritual song. (coughs) And I would want to say that this is where the African church is still far. We are still shallow. The songs that we sing at weddings, at funerals, at baby showers, at baby reveals, at kitchen parties at political rallies, whatever it is. The songs that we say are sung to God are shallow. There's no substance. But the songs are full of mockery. Most of them are blasphemous. And they do not really exalt God. You know them. You know them. You know the songs. I don't have to sing any of them. I don't even have to look for them. You've been to these gatherings, you've heard people singing these things, and you have said, Oh Lord, help us. If 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 indeed you uh you know you have been woken, woken up to this to this reality. And still on this issue of spiritual songs, I want to describe to you the praise and worship. In in, in 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 most modern day churches in africa first of all you have the distinction they make between praise and worship so there's a time for praise and there's a time for worship so in the time for praise they dance kwasa kwasa and they dance uh, kanda bongo men. They, they 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 do all sorts of theatrics and then when it comes to worship, they would, one of the leaders would then say it's now time to draw closer to God. So now the question is, where were you? Were you far from God? It is now time to draw closer to God so we will sing slow music. But what they actually mean is that it is now time for emotional manipulation and frenzy. Well, that's what they actually mean. It's time to sort of get into an emotional frenzy and they'll tell you, pour yourself out. That's what they'll say. Or maybe there's a time when they'll say, no, uh, um, all the people who are sick and lame and pregnant come to the front. This is the time that pastor, the pastor will lay hands on you and everyone who will, will, will form a line. You know, the pastor will lay hands People fall to the ground, and it's just the same thing every week. Every week. This is what is taking place in Africa, friends. Just next door, you don't have to go very far. On a Sunday, you could walk out of BRBC while I'm preaching. I'll be fine with that. They say, Pastor, I was just going to check out what they're doing next door. And I'll say, go well. Go well songs are shallow they appease flesh they appease men they exalt men they are about self they're about how i'm advancing how i should uh you know grow they don't have any substance friends our 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 chat is uh those online our chat is expiring so again (laughs) so i will i will will exit and then you can join afterwards i will restart the same meeting so please don't go away all right please don't don't run away Hmm? romanticism in worship and we 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 must be we must be discerning really um you know in what we see and what we actually pass as worship you know we, we, it's not it's not so much so that we will always have the perfect theology or perfect songs but we need to make sure we do our research to say are ah. uh, are these songs that we're singing actually you know praiseworthy, do they exalt God, which is why some <coughs> sects of Christianity have actually nominated only to sing Psalms, they don't sing anything else because they feel like if they deviate from the Psalms they've deviated from the teaching of Scripture and so they're no longer singing Scripture Presby- many Presbyterians sing Psalms only. Baptists have abandoned the Psalms only plan. They say it's okay, there are songs which pass as as God glorifying hymns and spiritual songs. Alright. So let me let, 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 let me conclude. Let me conclude by getting an excerpt on. Puritan worship, and what John Owen says uh, on worship. He says, what does God require of us? That by faith we glorify him and he accepts us. He requires that we worship him in the ways that he appointed. How does God make known to us these ways and means of worship? He makes them known by the written word of God alone which is the full and perfect revelation of the will of God for his whole worship. May the church add religious activities or images to help people worship? No, because all acceptable worship is by faith, and faith always looks to the promises and laws God has given us through Jesus Christ. This is a Puritan. Applying the regulative principle of worship. He says, we don't need all these these, these things that people will do. We need to worship by faith. In spirit and in truth, as God has said. So friends, I think this is where we'll stop for today. And... I, 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 I want to ask questions today. <clears throat> and then you guys can also ask me or ask everyone, but I want us to get a discussion going on, on, on this topic.